This week's episode of Choose Don't Excuse is sponsored by Muscle Donut. Muscle Donuts are gluten-free, baked, never fried, hand-dipped, and packed with 10 grams of protein. That's right, 10 grams of protein. We absolutely love them. If you enjoy living a healthy lifestyle, but donuts are your weakness, check out themusceldonut.com. episode of Choose Don't Excuse, where we explore the power of choice in every aspect of your life. I'm Jody. And I'm Judy. And we are always up for a great discussion. And I tell you, this morning's events have made <laughs> quite the discussion between us and our kids, so, or at least one of our kids. So Yeah, we tried to take off this early this morning about Gosh, what time did we leave? 5.15? 5.15. It's rainy. It's actually not a bad rain. But no, it's, it's, it's rainy. Nice, it's cool, nice. drizzly spring rain. So, so we were headed off to the um, LDS temple to do some worship this morning. Um, and it's about 20 minutes away from where we live. And we get there and we're supposed to start about 6 o'clock this morning. And before that time, Jody and I discover as we normally just get into the regular suburban vehicle and drive off to wherever we need to go, we discovered we didn't leave our kids a vehicle to drive to school. <laughs> oh my gosh, we took the wrong vehicle. We were supposed to take Jody's Z, and instead we took the Suburban, and that's the one that our kids could drive. So... So, Kaylani was left stranded and had to drive the Z... And she's just been learning how to drive a stick. And so, one, she woke up late. Two, she didn't have the car that she was expecting. And three, she was driving a car that she really wasn't that comfortable with. And I guess the drive, the two-mile drive from here to the school, was a little rougher than she had hoped. Yeah. Well, and we were thinking, oh, if we were closer, we would have dropped back the Suburban. But since we were so much further away... We decided, okay, she can do this. Well, here's the thing, folks. I just love that she went ahead and did it. She found a solution to the problem. and when She we, tried. I'm yeah, she tried. And when we actually finally were able to talk to her, um, it was, you know, one where she was like, oh, I am kind of stuck over here. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to come get you. You know what? When she talked to Jody about it, though, on the phone, she was... Yeah, of course, a little flustered and frustrated, but she wasn't angry. No, she wasn't angry. And that's, I think, the thing that I love about this. I mean, that she responded and react, not reacted, but responded in a way that, yeah, it was kind of a crazy morning, crazy for us, crazy for her. And yet she found a solution to the problem. She tried to drive the vehicle um, and she struggled through yeah, it. Yeah, she struggled through it. But she got there. Right? Yeah, and she didn't and she didn't respond in a way that she's like angry at somebody else, blaming somebody else. I mean, it t it was our fault. We knew that. And we oh, said yeah. and we it totally really bad we totally fessed up to that. We're like, oh, I'm so sorry, it is our fault. We were not planning and thinking correctly and all that kind of stuff. And so in any case, because she wouldn't have been flustered had we left her the suburban. It wouldn't have been been a big deal at all for Just her. Just get throw yeah. your stuff in the backpack and go out the door versus right. 
Oh, no. crud. How am I going to do this? <laughs> you know, but she buckled down and she said, I'm going to figure it out, even though I'm not as comfortable. And I think that's an important thing is, is that as we have been discussing this week is we're really seeing our kids take it to the next level. They've developed to a point that they're solving their own problems. They're coming up with their own visions and their own dreams. And it's really exciting. And it's made us reflect on, all right, what are the things that we've learned in this process of parenting our kids? Because I think initially when you have your own kids, you think you're going to be the parents and you're going to mold them into these nice little creatures that are going to be creatures. beneficial to the world, right? They're going to change like they're the world, right? or something, creatures. And, <laughs> and so you have this mindset that your parenting is going to be awesome. And what we've discovered is that the kids often are teaching us more lessons than we are teaching them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that I believe that just like you said, I mean, they're, you know, when you become a parent, you're not, you know, you, you weren't a parent before. So what are you going to use? What are you going to use for um, saying, Hey, I have experience in this area. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And, and do children have experience in that area of being a child? No, they don't. They just, they're children and they're growing. So it's funny how I think it's a misnomer to say parents are raising children <laughs> because well, you want to actually raise them to be adults. So perhaps it should be parents raising adults, but really it's parents surviving to adulthood. <laughs> parents surviving to adulthood. But honestly, with this, I think it's, we are learning together. The children are learning. Yes. We, you know, parents are learning to be parents. Children are learning to be children and then growing up and we're trying to figure it out along the way. So I don't care how many, I think it's important. Let, let me just say, I don't say I don't care, but I think it's important that we um, definitely get guidance, you know, through um, family, friends, you know, you know, obviously people that have gone, uh, have parented before, you know, you're reading some, maybe some authors that you really like about, or listening to podcasts that you really like with those that you think are um, experienced in that area and your style of parenting. But I mean, what's the best um, teacher? Experience. Experience. Right? Hands and so down. I think it's important to, <clears throat> to get some information. Obviously, you're going to be parenting because the way that you've been parent to. I mean, you see those things and you have formed some opinions about that. Maybe you're thinking, I don't like the way that I was parent or wow, my parent, my mom did this, you know, and then or my dad did this, so I'm going to do it differently. Sure, you're going to come up with your own opinions and things like that. But honestly, your best teachers are your children, I feel, because they're going to show you some things that you're like, oh, dang, I need to change that because I just, you know, dropped the F-bomb and now they're saying the F-bomb <laughs> everywhere. And it's like, whoa, wait. Nothing worse than having your kid mimic what you did yeah, when it's bad. <laughs> right? Well, well, then you're saying and you're looking at them and they're like, it's coming out of a one-year-old's mouth that that's their first words. Like, whoa, you know, I mean, those things can happen. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody's going to parent their own way and, and decide that, you know, they're not worried about curse words or whatever. And that's, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, that's your way of parenting. But the point of this is, is I think that I, it's, it's, but goes both ways. I think parents should be helping and raise a ch child. Obviously there's some givens there like you need to be able to feed them and clothe them and make sure that they're taken care of. 
but I think that if we're looking at um, behaviors and and how to communicate and how to respond to things and you know how to um, you know I guess work with one another those kind of things we can learn from each other I, here's something that I remember <laughs> that I just I'll never forget this I was feeding my um, oh Gosh, I think it was Christian. I was like, I'll never forget this. Now I forgot which kid. Okay, we have six kids, by the way. So if that, if you didn't know that, we have six. So Christian's number two. And I remember feeding him, just spoon feeding him. He was in his high chair and I was spoon feeding him. And I was getting distracted. And I think I was looking or reading something, doing something else, right? And I had the spoon filled with food. And then I had it like lifting it up towards his mouth, but because I was looking the other way, I was not paying attention that, you know, it didn't make it into his mouth. And so the spoon's sitting there hanging there and I'm looking the other way. Finally, I feel his little hands grab my hands and, and push or pull. He pulled my hand towards his mouth so that I can get this. He can get the spoon in his mouth. He's like, I'm waiting for food, you know? And I'm looking at him like, Oh man, I'm sorry. You know, and I thought to myself at that moment, I'm like, wow, I was totally not present with my child. I was distracted doing something else. And I don't think, um, you know, he was number two, Devin was four, four years older than him. So I'm pretty sure I wasn't distracted by him because, um, Devin's Devin was much older. So I know he was doing his thing or whatever, probably playing or something. And so I'm thinking that was a good lesson at that moment that I needed to stay present with my child and, and, and just be present period in the moments of things and not be distracted by other things. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I keep thinking about is we have had the unique opportunity in that we had four bio kids and then we had the opportunity to adopt two children. And it's interesting how, you know, parenting, has evolved with that dynamic because there's a natural relationship that I think happens when you initially have your own children. And then when you have adopted children, you have to build this trust and this love and you have to overcome barriers that, that, that maybe they're bringing baggage of being hurt or whatever into the family mix and, and being able to build trust around that. And I think about one of the very earliest experiences that we had <clears throat> with Ashley and Jessica when they got here is our family is very, very big into voting. And so what, what I wanted to do and what I knew would happen is if I could get them in the water with our kids, wakeboarding and weight serving, that it would create this family bond and this family time that we could build a relationship with. And I'll never forget the first time that I was trying to get Jessica into the water. She did not want to go into the water. She was very scared of going into this big lake all by herself. And I said, look, let me get into the water with you. And I will help you and I will hold you and I'll let the boat pull you. And so Judy got on the thing. And so I got into the water and yes, she was a little, actually a lot clingy. Right. And but she was hanging on to you for dear life. Oh, yes. She can remember she was like she was already eight years old. Yeah, so she, she already experienced. Right. Something. So she's got a new dad. She's got 
you know, a new experience of being in the water and being in the boat. And, and I'm sure in her mind, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm in this big lake and can I trust this guy? And so it was a really good opportunity for us to build some trust in a situation where she had to rely upon me, right? And so we kind of worked through that. And did she get up on that first time? No, she didn't. I mean, she kind of got up and then she fell and then we tried it again and stuff. But to me, that was one of the pivotal points. And I often think about, I think a lot of times we try to force respect. We try to force trust when all we have to do is get in the water with the kids or get in the situation with the kids and be there with them through that experience. And that experience built a strong bond of love. And so it was a very eye-opening experience to me that I needed to be like you said, present with the kid, but I also needed to be in deep with the kids. And that was an important lesson for me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm picturing that whole moment. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I know how deathly afraid I was of water and um, how the, the experiences that I had with it and being just thrown in it. I think that's often what sometimes we as parents might want to do with our kid, like, Hey, you know what? Just get over it. You know, you, you'll be fine. Just, just get in the water. Just, you, you don't worry about it. You can trust me. But that's the whole thing. I think with, with, um, not just with, um, Jessica and Ashton about trust, but just in the very beginnings of your relationships with your children, it's building that trust. It's, yes. it's the trust that's saying, Hey, I am going to be here for you. I am going to be here when you fall, or I'm going to be here. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to protect you. I mean, that's, that's something that I think that what you're saying is you learned from that, that we take that for granted. Yes. I think we take that whole experience for granted that like, they should just trust us. We're the parents. We know what's best. It's like, no, they, they, they're still formulating all of that and continually formulating all of that throughout their lives because they want to know if you're really going to be there. Yeah, and, and I think that's an important thing about kids need to know that you are going to be there. And I can think of two incidences when I was a kid of how I saw that in my own dad. So I remember when we were about 13 or 14, 12, 13, the movie Jaws was out, right? And everybody was all about, oh, there's sharks in the water. And, and we were big water skiers, right? And so we were on the Pensacola Navy base and we were out in the bay and we were water skiing and it was actually Chad that was water skiing and Chad fell down and he fell on a huge jellyfish and it wrapped all the way around his body. But he just started screaming. I mean, he just like, ah, ah. and so my dad just having watched Jaws like the week before is like, oh no, it's a shark. You know, my dad <laughs> was a shark. My dad jumped in. He's like, started swimming for his son. And then he gets out to him. Then dad's getting stoned by the jellyfish too. <laughs> and, but I saw in that moment, my dad's absolute dedication and love and determination to save his kid. Right. And I think that's an important thing is that kids need to see that you are truly 100 percent invested in them and that you're going to teach them. You're going to stand by them. Even when they make mistakes, you know, you're going to you're going to, yes, try to teach them 
a better choice or teach them how they could have handled the situation a little differently. But if you can do that tempered with love, it makes a huge difference in commitment. Well, and that, it's that time spent with them too, that they need to see that. Um, I think um, I remember a time when <laughs> I would, our Zane, so he's number three, Zane was um, with me and he was very, oh gosh, he was probably two at the time. And I was teaching my fitness classes at the church building. And, you know, he would always, with the other other friends that would come and, and come work out with me, he would always gravitate towards them and be picked up by them and be held by them. And I thought, why is he coming to me? You know, I mean... Typically, you would think, okay, your kid's going to come to you and cling on you. And I, and I was okay with definitely with other people holding um, Zane. I didn't care. And that was a good thing. I thought, like, I guess he doesn't have stranger danger, which could be a problem. But I was like, well, okay, so he's, he's being held by everybody else. That's fine. And um, I think that I learned later on. I'm trying to remember how this all came about, but I remember him saying to me one time after that, it was just when he finally could speak and stuff, I was, I was, uh, saying like, why don't, oh, I know, I know what it was. It was one time where he was sitting on, I think your lap, Jody. And I said, I said to him, I'm like, so Zane, why don't you ever sit on my lap? And he said, because mom, you never sit down. <laughs> I remember that. And I was like, whoa, wow, that's a wake-up call to me that I was thinking, man, I move all the time. It's like that distracted feeding. It's the same thing. I'm doing other things, not being present with my child, or just I always am busy moving around. I'm not, and I don't want to say I'm busy like I think busy is a, a badge of honor. I don't, I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking more of a Busy as I'm a mom and I'm, you know, getting food on the table, whatever, cleaning the house, doing this and that. But I never, I guess at that time, obviously, because the kids taught me, they were, they were raising me, um, saying, you don't take the time to sit with us. So I'm not going to sit on your lap because I don't have, I don't have the, you're, you're not taking the time to sit down. So I can't sit on your lap. And that actually sprung the, um, the time when we, I started homeschooling, that's when that all, um, you know, I guess that was a catalyst for me to homeschool. It wasn't so much that I'm going to homeschool so that I could sit with my kids, but I felt guided. Um, both Jody and I felt guided at that time to homeschool. And I did for five years and that was the best five years. It was hard for me for the first year teaching because I had a, another learning curve of like, how do I do this? What am I supposed to do? But fortunately I had a lot of friends who already homeschooled and was very um, proficient at it. So I got to learn from them. But the fact that I just decided that, you know what, I do have other things that are pressing and important, but I'm only going to have my kids for a short time. And that right there taught me that, nope, you are going to sit and spend time and be with them and be in the moment and teach them all that you should be teaching them anyways as a parent. And honestly, they were teaching me more. So 
I think that's an important thing that we've learned over the years is that you have to dedicate time to family time. Like you and I, we have a date night every week for you and I. So we we dedicate that time to each other so that we're continually nurturing our relationship. But you also have to have those activities for your family, for your kids, to spend time with them. And one of the things that we did, and we haven't been doing as well on this as we did in the past, was once a month we would take our kids out on a date. Yeah. Right? And you would take one kid, I would take another, and then we would alternate kids. And then on their birthdays, we would take them out together. And it was a really, it was really great opportunity to just sit down one-on-one with your kid over Panda Express or Subway or, or wherever they wanted to go and just to visit, to talk about school. And it was amazing as you would have those experiences, you know, what they would share with you. And I don't think, I, I, I know for a fact that if we would not have taken those times to just be one-on-one with the kids, that they, they would not be as open with us as they are today about their dreams and their feelings and it was funny because just last week, Ashton came home to me and said, Hey, Dad, um, I'm wondering, is there any way that you would give me your business? Uh, well, okay, maybe I could buy it from you. And so it led to a really interesting discussion about his hopes and dreams of being an entrepreneur. But what was really exciting was that it was not only that he wanted to be an entrepreneur, was that he had a bigger vision of trying to build a financial powerhouse so that he could uh, build these facilities and homes to help the homeless. Wow. And and I just thought that was really, really cool. Was And not only had he thought about it, but he actually pulled up his laptop and had an eight-page document that he had been thinking through it. Wow. Right? And so I was like, wow. And that made me kind of reassess on myself and, and look at myself and my own business. And I'm going... Do I have a written plan for 2019? Oh, he was teaching you Do something. I have a written plan for yeah. 2020? I mean, I have a written whiteboard that has kind of quarterly goals in the 2019. But he actually took the time to think through not only the building of the businesses, but also how he was going to structure how he was going to help the homeless. And I'm like, wow, that's that's awesome. I never thought like that as a kid. No, no, that's what I was, I remember you telling me about that, or actually he told me about it too. And I just thought, what was I doing at his age? What, what was I thinking about? <laughs> definitely not this. I was definitely probably thinking about, oh, where, when, when am I going to do tonight? What's my next um, time I'm going to go out with my girlfriends or something like that? And I thought, man, He's destined for greater things. That's why. But I just, I just think that that's yeah makes you makes you want to look at yourself, and they teach you so much more about, you know what. Well, and honestly, well, let's put it this way. I think too that he has well not just him but the kids. Well, we all have access right to the internet, and that is a wonderful thing. Could be a difficult thing, a challenge, but it's a wonderful thing because. It gives them the opportunities to learn um, much quicker, and we can learn much quicker. And thus, that's actually what we're seeing. 
we're seeing that we're learning from our own kids because they have quick access to stuff and they know how to maneuver and, and navigate on their phones, on the computer, on what they're looking for. That's what they have to do when they study in school is they have to, you know, be able to Google things and, and know where to go to find things. And so I think that the generation that we have now is, um, well, uh, quite innovative, actually. Yeah, and I, and I keep thinking about an experience I had a couple of weeks ago where I was talking to some older gentlemen, and they're like, man, I just don't get this whole social media thing. Why do kids always have to be on their their iPhones and their iPods? They never lift up, and they're, they're not going out to play with each other. I said, you know what? It's just different. It's just a new way. And a new we, way of communication. It's a new way of communication. You know, we, I mean, the new way, I, I remember when the first cell phone came out, it was as, as big as a brick, you know? I mean, <laughs> you actually had to have a charger in your car and stuff. And you had, had to have an antenna that ran through your window, right? And we were embracing that. Oh, we're so excited. And, and I think a lot of times we get held back because we're like, oh, it's just new. It's just the kids. But there are so many exciting things that the kids are embracing um, on the social media front to actually communicate and drive and build ideas and share, um, you know, whole causes of what they're passionate about. And I think it's facilitating that conversation with them. And if we would step back and go, hey, you know what? Can I join the conversation or can I learn some tools from you um, to impact my business? Because one of the things that I've been trying to wrestle with is there's so many different avenues of social media. Like you got Facebook and LinkedIn, you got Instagram and you got Snapchat. Twitter. And I've been really trying to wrestle with my own personally. How do I use Snapchat for business? So I've actually been talking to my kids. All right. How are you using it? What, how are you attracting people? And that's been a good experience for me to, to learn from them on how to best utilize tools that are maybe a little fresher for them and fresh, definitely fresher for me. And, and how do I leverage them? Right. And, and that, that's the whole thing is keeping an open mind. I think as we can, as adults and as parents, we can close our mind off to um, new ideas because it's always been a certain way. It's, and honestly, it's how perhaps like, well, this is how I was raised. So this is how it's going to be, you know, but you know, how I was raised, how you were raised, you basically raised with an iron fist kind of thing. This is the way it's going to be. And you're going to oh, stand way. at attention. Salute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a Navy brat. So yeah. yeah, Jody had the military family and, and there's nothing wrong about it. I mean, no, it was great, but, but the, that was the time and that was the era. And honestly, and you had that socially or, um, uh, as I say, culturally, it was acceptable, right? I mean, the schools, they still had corporal punishment. Those are the kind of things that was accepted, right? And that's not accepted now. So no. you have to evolve and change with the times. Does that mean you're changing your standards? No, you don't have to change your standards or your beliefs or your morals or your ethics. It's talking about, you know, and maybe you want to change those. I don't know, but I'm just saying you don't have to change those, but you may want to go about, um, uh, go about, working with your children a different way than you were raised because they have different, um, different aspects of who's, you know, who they're involved with, who they're, 
um, around who their environment is. That's what I'm trying to say. So at school, it's a whole different environment now. So you want to be able to talk with them. And I love this quote. This is a quote. I don't even know who said it, but I'm going to read it. If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. But if you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. So I think about with the kids and how, what they've been teaching me is the fact that I am learning how to communicate with them by understanding, you know, what they're dealing with in life and really listening to that and really absorbing that in my mind and trying to wrap my brain around that. Okay. You know, I experienced certain things as a kid. I was their age, but I was also in a different era. So being in a different era, yeah, you're going to have the same type of situations, but you're not necessarily, well, you know, you don't have, you may have the same type of situation, but you don't have the same era, I guess I want to say. Like, you know, we we are definitely in a social media, quick access, um, high technology time. That's not what I grew up in. Oh, no. And, and, I, and one of the things that keeps going through my head is, is we have a thing in our family where we tell our kids, look, we are your parent. We are your mom and your dad. We're not your friends. And I think that is one of the challenges that our kids see in and other in their friends or other people they're like well their mom's their friend I'm, and we're like you know what that's their family oh, our family is we are your parent first and yes we have a good relationship and we have a friendship kind of you know we i don't even know how to express it it's like there there's a different relationship between being friends and being a parent and a child and we try to be very diligent about emphasizing to our kids. It's like, yes, we love you. We like you. We want to be with you. We want to share our life with you, but we're not your friend. And I think that draws a distinction for both us and for our kids. And so that they know when they need to come and talk to mom and dad about the things that are really, really important, that it's not just a friend talking to them. It's someone that's coming from the perspective of, I love you, I have a vision for you and a hope for you, but I also am open to your vision and your experiences, and I will give you my candid advice and give you counsel when you want it, not necessarily when you're, you know, try to enforce it on you, but say, look, I'm here for you. And I think that is an, an important thing that both we and our children have learned is, is that there are distinct roles that we've put in our family that I think are needed in families. Well, and definitely with those roles, when you say that, I think, you know what, you can have friends and you can, and friends come and go, honestly. And so, but you're only going to have one parent or maybe two, maybe, maybe, but I'm just saying that you're only going to have um, the mom or the dad that is going to care for you and have your back. So like I said, friends come and go. They can be fly by night friends too. So I think 
when we say that we're not your friend, it doesn't mean that we don't, we actually, we're not your friend. We love you more than that. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, a big thing because, and I often tell my kids, I go, look, I've been out of high school for 30 years now, believe it or not, 30 years. And they're like, yeah, dad, you look old. Yeah, whatever. No, but to me, it seems like just yesterday, but it, from high school, how many people do I talk to from high school? How many of those people are actively engaged in my life? Maybe two, right? But are my mom and dad consistent and stalwarts and anchor points in my life? Absolutely. And I think that stems from both you and I had parents that were very solidly anchored in our lives. They were busy. They were active in our lives. They worked hard and we saw that work ethic. And I think that we've tried to bring that into our own family, but also adapting it to a whole new era of thinking. And, you know, we have such independent kids. And I think it's because we've taught them at a very early age to think for themselves. Because a lot of times we would say they would come to us and we and for something they would like to do. And we'd say, well, what do you think? What or what, you know, you could do this or you could do that. Well, I don't know. Well, you know what? Both of those options are good. And there's not necessarily one right or one wrong. You just get the opportunity to choose and you get the consequences of that choice, but you also get the blessings of that choice. So let's work through that problem. You tell me the pros, you tell me the cons. And it's created a very independent child, which that sometimes can be a challenge because when you're trying to get them to do things that you want to and they're trying to be independent, that can create some, some friction at times. And so recognizing that we've built those kind of ch children is a blessing, but also can be a challenge <laughs> too. So That's funny because I always think about when, you know, sometimes you're just like, I do not want a parent today. You know, you see those t-shirts that say, <laughs> I don't want a parent today or I don't want an adult today or those things. And I thought, it's true. I mean, you know, we didn't, I guess what I was to say, we didn't choose to become adults. We just, that's just part of life, right? You just become an adult because of whatever your age or whatever is that you're now an adult. But we did make a choice to become parents, right? When you adopt you or you, you know, have biological children or however you have your children, you made that choice. So guess what, parents? you have to stick by that choice and continue being a parent. I don't want a parent today. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we don't want a parent today, but you still have to. So buck up, get your pants on, you know, <laughs> big girl pants on and parent. Now, wait a sec. So, okay. So I know that there's sometimes like, like you just want to throw in the towel that they're, you know, definitely we've experienced that man numerous times. And so we're thinking, oh, but we do have each other so we can bounce off each other, which is nice. So like we tag team, it's like in a wrestling match, you know, when you tag your partner and, tag, you, you're it. and then you go in and the, you know, the other person goes in and you get to go out and take a little bit of a break. That's what you do. You do that as parents. You tag the other one and let the other one go. Now, let's just say you don't have two people in the home for as parents. Okay. Well, you might want to just say, you know what? All right. I, I understand your situation. I know we're fighting right now. Whatever kid you've got going on or whatever, they might be fighting with you. Then you just say, I've got to take a timeout. I'm just going to go take a timeout. You know, put your kid in a safe place. 
um, do something else and, and let them do something that they can do by themselves um, safely. And you go, to, go take a time out yourself because these are the choices that we've made in life to become parents. So you have to run with them, um, fly with them, hurt with them, and cry with them, cry rejoice with them, with them yep. cheer with them, all that. Because yeah. that's part of parenting. And you will learn so much more and gain so much more when you struggle with them and go through the challenges. I often just refer back to, I mean, I think back to our Heavenly Father, God. It's like there's so much in life that I screw up <laughs> that I'm thinking, man, he still loves me? How does he still love me? Do you know that he still loves you? It's like if I am going to be the beneficiary of that kind of love, then I should also um, be an example of that type of love as well. I should also... Um, show that type of unconditional love that he shows me. You know, it's interesting because being a parent has been the most rewarding thing, but it also has been the most eye-opening thing into my own personal character flaws. And I think that as we have journey together in trying to raise our children not only is it has it been an individual journey but it's also been a couple's journey and and I think that's the beauty of being a parent is that while you think initially oh I'm going to raise this child and I'm going to have a great impact on his or her life in the end they're the ones that have the greatest impact on your life and help you become the best version of yourself the key is, are you humble enough to be teachable in those circumstances when you're probably not acting as the best parent you could be? Yeah, that's so. the part. It's like you got to let your pride down. Yeah. So. And, you know, okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us. I mean, there is so much more that we could talk about parenting and things that we've learned over the years and unlearned. And I think that's an important thing because there are some things that you need to unlearn. Judy's always teaching me the things that I need to improve. And <laughs> she's not shy about reminding me that, hey, <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. But anyway, we hope you guys enjoy the conversation. If there's something you would like us to talk about, please give us a shout at choosedonexcuse at gmail.com. Please remember to subscribe and review. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Mahalo. Mahalo.